Sorry about that. Uh, immediately, guys, welcome to Minefields. I immediately started Minefields completely chafing Mr. Uh, Tony Montana here. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Tony Morales. Sad, sad, sad. You ate some powdered donuts earlier. I immediately thought Tony Montana. That was my bad. No, nah, it was straight up cocaine. <sighs> I'm on leave. Doesn't matter. Pass the Dutchie, dude. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I kid, I kid. <laughs> we kid, we kid. Just because you're from Puerto Rico doesn't mean anything. He was Cuban. I said you. Yes, but he was Cuban. Oh, he was absolutely Cuban. Or Italian, one together. Nah, he was definitely Cuban. Dude, but freaking, uh, my, my sister and I were uh, watching Wednesday right after uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, there was like this article from um, the New York Post about how, uh, what is her name, Miss, um, the mom from Vacation. Name's on the tip of my tongue. Sally Fields. Oh, I wish. Why am I spacing on the name? Beverly D'Angelo was talking about her classic meals that she makes that even though her and Al Pacino are not together, um, she still makes it for him. And they mentioned that they had 21-year-old twins. So I Googled 21-year-old one twins from them, and it was awful. They were the ugliest, the ugliest human beings I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, just uh, do yourself. This is, how we choose to, this is how we choose to start the podcast. <laughs> nah, we can talk about the hunt, whatever. I don't know how I ended. How was your Thanksgiving, man? I hope you had a good one. It was fine. Freaking went to my folks' house. Got to hang out with uh, my wife, my kid, and our kid, and my parents. That's always good. Ate a lot of food. Hung out for a little bit, came home. Good, Good times. I How great, about you? I had a great time, man. My sister came in from Memphis. Um, we were just happy to be hanging out when Dad wasn't laid out because that was that was like two months ago when I, I she came to visit, but that was only because Dad was hurt. And um, no, we we stacked the deck, man. We, we huge spread. We cheated. Like we usually go to Cracker Barrel and buy like that pre-made thing and like heat it up. But um, they mm-hmm. bought everything from honey made, uh, honey baked ham. Like it was all box, uh, the stuffing, everything. Uh, my dad is hardcore, uh, hardcore Catholic, so he won't eat anything um, bottom feeder or um, swine. So it was turkey, and uh, we smothered our turkey in freaking fresh hatched red chili and. Sat and watched it. Uh, we watched every single Indiana Jones movie, by the way. It was awesome. Every single oh, wow. one. It was it was a good day, dude. Uh, Robin was like, uh, i never seen Crystal Skull. I'm like, man, a lot of people hate on it, but um, I really enjoyed it. And even my dad did. Like, I think the only thing they didn't do right was they picked Russians instead of Nazis. I think if there was Nazis instead of Russians, it would have been like, yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, the aliens were... It was a perfect movie. Uh, just, uh, you know, people hate on it, but I, I realized while watching this, as writers, as you and I are, that Indiana Jones has a different formula that no other movie follows. 
Follow really? me. Follow me on this one. So it always starts out with exposition. Here's Indy. Here's the setup. Uh, we're looking for the Grail. Our our chief explorer is is disappeared. Here's the clues we have, and like it builds it up like the slow burn you know, up to a roller coaster. But when it comes mm-hmm. to the fight scenes and anything that like builds a story, every there's every single Indiana Jones movie has three main action acts, but each act has three acts to it to itself. So he finds the tomb, you know, okay. in, in the library. That's mm-hmm. like part A. Uh, and then the action starts. The, those those Magi guys set the place on fire, and they got to escape out of the tombs. And then they find the uh, the the boats, and the, there there's each action shot has three sets. Okay. And uh, it was just nice seeing how that. But the the fourth one actually followed the same thing. It, it just happened to have aliens and Russians and Nazis. Um. I don't know why anyone had really had any gripes about it. It was an Indiana Jones movie. Why wouldn't you want another Indiana Jones movie? It's it's Harrison Ford. True. It's Steven it's Spielberg. It's going to be Red Skull. Or not Red Skull. It's going to be uh, Red Hulk. Yeah, that's going like, to... I was really pleased when I found out he got cast for that, man. Because um, that's going to be a difficult, a difficult story. Did you ever read the full Red Hulk story? I haven't. No, I've never been a big Hulk guy. I haven't missed an issue of Hulk since uh, probably 2008. Nice. The Hulk rules. Sometimes it doesn't, but you know it is what it is. And uh, but uh, we got a big show coming up. New Era. Well, I'm gonna have a week from a week from Saturday, on the 10th of December. Seasons beans. You got, you got, uh, got Logan defending championship against uh, Bruce Rogers in the main event, former two-time champion. We got uh, Sin and Ryzen coming in, trying to win the uh, the tag team titles from Black Ops and a fatal four-way one-fall-to-a-finish match. Also featuring uh, the Pillars of Destiny and uh, Jason Nolan, the Bearded Lady. It's gonna be a solid show, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Yep. So that'll be uh that'll be a good time in Denver. We our last show at uh Mile High Comics. They're gonna be renovating throughout twenty twenty three. So be there to say you were there. Fifteen dollars. Yep. Put your butt in the seat. Exactly. We got Blockbuster every uh Minefields produced uh, Blockbuster every freaking Saturday. We've been really good at that lately, man. Yeah, no, that's picking up. Freaking things are going well. Hmm. Just got to you know, keep on keeping on with it. and Everything is copacetic. It is, man. Uh, I remember having this conversation. Oh, okay, well, I'm about to instigate a conversation that was similar to one we had last year. At the same time was how, look how far we come in a year. We're about to start. Yeah. We're about to start year three. Oh jeez. <laughs> we're about to start year three. Um, Mr. Morales and I have gone through a lot, uh, business wise, personal wise, um, 
random crazy things that happen that we got to deal with on a freaking whim wise yeah. upgrading um production upgrading everything and i gotta say man uh this this ride is great with you man you're, you're one of my best friends i freaking love working with you man and um it's been it's this is sky's the limit man a lot of you guys don't yeah, know nah, man it's been a been a crazy couple of years that's for sure <laughs> right you're healing up nicely. You'll be 100% pretty soon. and That's what I'm hoping, man. Hoping. Got an appointment on the 9th, and we'll go from there. No, you're going to be healed. It's happening. How it Jesus compels you. It's happening. Yeah, well, like, uh, as we're coming down to unwind uh, at the end of the year, uh, this is issue actually 160, and actually... Out of all of them, number 278 of all the minefields issues that there are online. But um, I definitely wanted to start, um, other than talking about Indiana Jones, was um, just a kind of a retrospective. Okay. You're sitting there at home. Not you, Mr. Tony. You minefielders sitting there at home. You got some buddies that might be in the same things you wore. You might not. Just go get it. Go find it. Go make it happen. Tony Morales and I have our own random origin stories, but we met each other and we became friends and we started working together. And now we have all that we have. Like, it's it's difficult for me to explain to anyone that is not in our small inner circle about what we do because like frankly they don't understand and yeah. if they if they do understand they're they're like well I'm glad you have that or I wish I had that well go get it you want to make a comic go go make a comic you want to be a wrestler go find your local school you want to lose weight there's dudes that'll like uh that, that'll like you meet anyone in a gym I, I don't know what I'm doing any one of these guys will tell you their full workout schedule how they do it send you their email you their uh, freaking um, you know diet and how to like go look for it these people like if if any one of you had bumped into us or bumped into us while we're on the hunt and how do we do what we do well just here's our email we'll, we'll show you just go do what you want to do and we're doing it. And uh, I wanted to start the, the show off just like, I'm very thankful for you. And thanks for all of it, man. Like, we've got New Era. We've got Minefields. We're making other things. Any, oh, man. It's been, uh, hmm? any advice for people that want to do something that they're scared to do? Because, like, you decided to become a pro wrestler. You don't just land on that and get the dog crap kicked out of you and keep going. Oh, man. It comes down to nothing to it but to do it, man. Getting getting off your butt, freaking going and, you know, figuring out, you know, you want to get from point A to point B, how are you going to get there? You know, like you said, finding a school, getting to the gym, eating right, you know, making the, uh, turning negatives into positives, making uh, most of, you know, your given abilities, it's really kind of what it comes down to. If Marco Stunt can do it, anyone can. Yeah. 
I mean, freaking, you know, sometimes you're going to get 100 no's, but it only takes one yes. Todd McFarlane got more than 100 no's. And now, yeah. the, now that man, he might, he might as well just, like, get a percentage of my friggin' paycheck every two weeks. He really does already. Exactly. But if, I, it'd be... With the holiday season, the percentage is probably about to go up. It'd be a lot better if it was regulated, or at least I get everything, and, okay, you got your cut, but... How did you start out? Like, um... What... What made you really decide to do something? Are we talking as far as wrestling? Are we talking as far as, like, what? Wrestling. Or, or just creativity in general. No, I was just a, just a fan. Freaking uh, totaled my car when I was a kid. I was, like, 18. Went on uh, Sugar Shane Helms' website because I was a big fan of his. He was going to be in Denver for a show with CWO, the Central Wrestling Organization. Freaking, uh... And he was a cruiserweight champion for WCW at the time. It was between WWE buying... WWE had already bought WCW, but they were able to do indie shows through the summer before they debuted. Because only a couple of them had debuted on TV at that point. I think the show was in May, if I remember correctly. And uh, called my buddy to go up there with me. It was uh, 2001. Maybe, yeah, 2001, 2000. No, it was, yeah, 2001, probably. And freaking, uh, so I'd gone up there and ended up talking with the guy, uh, a, a, a nice gentleman by the name of Corpse. And right. freaking who I had who I had actually seen previously doing he was doing dark matches for WWE in when they would come to Denver and freaking uh, you know talked to him he kind of told me about their school and I ended up choosing, I ended up finding another school just kind of looking around the internet and I went there because it was cheaper and freaking uh, you know it was kind of a Ended up being a uh, a get what you pay for kind of environment, and freaking. Uh, but I floated around different schools for a while until I got in with a couple of good schools. So, so what, what, what's, what's the mentality? Trained. What's the mentality around that? Like you're floating around, and you're just looking for the right people that like vibrate at the same like frequency as you, or you just... well, I'm just looking for people that know what they're talking about. <laughs> Exactly. It really, it really was that's, that simple. Like the, uh, one of the first schools I went to, the guy was like the the trainer was like maybe three months older than me, and I was like eighteen, nineteen at the time. And I was like, "Well, this, this is you're only going to get so far doing this." Freaking! I ended up going to another school where uh, trainer kind of, they seemed to know their stuff, and the uh, the trainer was actually. Uh, local guy who had actually was flying out to California and working for Extreme Pro Wrestling at the time, which was kind of like really big in like VHS and DVDs. You know, they were selling those at a uh, at Suncoast. Oh, I miss that. You know, before I got into before I kind of realized that uh, 
you know, a lot of those places more so getting distribution and whatnot was a lot about who, you know, more so than the actual, uh, actual talent you were putting out. But, uh, you know, hung out there for a little bit, then ended up at, uh, that was mile high. They ended up closing down really quickly after like I joined there. I think they were maybe around for three months after I joined up with them. And then I ended up at a uh, high velocity who was around for maybe a year. And then I got in with a uh, fusion, which is a whole fusion was a, a best of times, worst of the time situation. They, they really uh, the uh, the head trainer had gone out and worked with the uh, Heartland Wrestling Association when they were WWE developmental, and they were working with guys like Jamie Noble and Brian Kendrick and some really uh, Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin, a lot of a lot of guys of that caliber. And the trainer Jeff McAllister had brought that uh, that knowledge back with him, and kind of helped take training up to the uh the next level those worlds better than anything we'd been given previously so how good was your bs detector right off the bat in this carny gypsy environment oh that's totally something you pick up as you go man freaking when you get in you're just wanting to do whatever whatever it takes to get to where you want to go you know at this point freaking you're thinking everybody knows everybody. Everybody's friends with everybody. You know, you're not, you know, when you're, when you're just brought in, you're not privy to the politics and the, uh, the generalized BS that yep. comes with pro wrestling. You know, that's gotta be, that is a, uh, that's a badge that's earned over time. Figuring out what you can and can't get away with and what people will try to get away with on you. I remember the first time I got screwed over, I was really excited. I got screwed over for the first time. <laughs> awesome. Like, I remember telling one of my friends, like, you're excited you got screwed over? I'm like, it's going to happen. Like, I, like yeah. I, I was wondering when it would happen, and it wasn't what we went through, but it was something little. But um, it was it was hilarious to me. <laughs> it was hilarious to me. And um, I was talking with uh, Mr. Adrian Grimm tonight, and... Um, you know, I've got a couple projects that I got to finish up, uh, some newer portraits and primos. And we were discussing things, and I was like, I'm not worried about a lot of things. He's like, Why not? I'm like, Because I'm not some mark just wanting to be around uh, the business. Like, I'm an artist that just happens to be flourishing in this particular thing I really love. And um, it's, it's different for me. But I also have, and don't get me wrong, um, I also have the luxury of, and thank you very much, of uh, working for New Era. Like, um, getting to be this creative, this getting to be this creative and under minimal supervision, um, is awesome. Getting to express myself like this. I worked really hard to get where I am. Yep. Granted, I got really lucky and got introduced to you and you and I both had our own things going on and things are copacetic. But um, I really hope that people can hear what you're talking about and go for it. Yeah, man, it's, I mean, that's the thing, dude. If you, if you want to try it, you know, give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. If it does, cool. 
you know, you can't, you know, the only definite no is never trying. So kind of an is what it is situation. Correct. Correct. Cause it, it, it can chew up and eat you out. And we've seen people self-destruct publicly, <laughs> like publicly and non very much so. Yeah. But, uh, I, I definitely wanted to start it out this way, and I appreciate you sharing your story like that because obviously you're extremely successful in everything you do. You're, you've got a great job, shoot job, taking good care of you. You've got a beautiful wife. You've got a beautiful son. You've got New Era. We've got minefields, and uh, I wanted to just start the show off and talk about that, but also reflect on you and how proud I am of you. And you work really hard, man. Like, I, minefielders, like, a lot of times when I get to hang out with Mr. Tony Morales, he's very tired. But he's still, he's still going. He's still going, and it's it's nice to have a partner with you. Uh, and uh, I appreciate the inspiration. You, you really do inspire me. You, I appreciate that, man. Freaking... That's sometimes that's all we can do, man. Just kind of keep on going. I agree, man. And then, but the, all the great things are the little things, man. Like, what's the great? What's the best idea? It's freaking raising canes, man. And like, uh, we accidentally we accidentally uh, created our own religion, the hunt. Do enjoy a good hunt. That is for sure. <laughs> the hunt abides. The hunt provides. That it does. Yeah, I remember Rose uh, describing this to Colin. He was like, "Wait a minute, like, like so." Tony's got a list, and you don't. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I do now, but certain things. But early on, like I was just wandering around, like you, you were like digging, like you were you were going in alphabetical, and I'm just wandering around, just hoping to bump into something, and it worked for me, and it worked for you, uh, or yeah. uh, ideas, but. Um, the cherries we've gotten. I mean, we started little. I remember you started just trying to get Nightfall. That's true. <laughs> and, and now how many Batman books do you have? <laughs> like, how many entire runs? Yeah, freaking, I think. I've, completely, I've currently got everything from issue, I think, like, 397 till current day. Most definitely. Guess in Batman. So... Before we have to get into that. Yeah, case, I know. Man. I got to get to cross off one of my uh, my B list, my freaking B list freaking uh, ones for the hunt uh, for uh, what's in the box today. So freaking yeah, pretty let's, let's see it, psyched man. about that. What you got? All right. Well, like I said, man, I got my my um in my list. I've got my grails, and I've got my my I call them my B list. And then everything below B list is freaking uh, my runs. Yeah, we get it eventually. So freaking uh, was able to mark off a uh, pretty good uh, issue of the original, the original X Men from the sixties. So freaking uh, was able to mark off issue twenty eight, first appearance of Banshee. That's gorgeous. Yeah, I found a, found a pretty killer deal online and freaking jumped on it while I had the chance. Wait a minute. You're not hurt. You sold a kidney. 
<laughs> That's what you did. I don't know. If I was going to sell a kidney, I'd be something substantially uh, more than just issue 28. That's still awesome, man. That's congratulations, man. That's that's awesome. Like what what sort uh, of grade? What sort of grade? I mean, you showed it to me, but I can't see it in person. Yeah, it's probably like a two or a three. So it's not a not the best one, but it's mine. So well, it's yours. Yeah, complain. Every time we've said that, I always think about because there's been times where we found a book that's a little bit beat up, but it's still ours. It it, it reminds me of um. You ever watched La Bamba? Hmm. When he first showed up at the band practice to try to audition for his for the the band he was in, and he plugs in his amp and he's like, "What the hell's that?" And he's like, "It's my amp." And he's like, "Looks like something someone threw away." And he's like, "Yeah, but it's mine." And then he rocked it. He rocked it. <laughs> like, like exactly every time we've ever said that, but it's mine. Like, there's like. I've got a really, really impressive, amazing Spider-Man collection. Not everyone is in the best condition, but they're mine. Yeah. And then we rock it. That's awesome. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of La Bamba, man. I love that freaking movie. Like, I, like if I ever need to cry and I can't cry, I watch that movie, you know. Moist Waterworks at the end. But congrats on that first Banshee, man. Who else is in that book? Anyone else? Uh, it's the original X-Men, freaking, and uh, the Ogre debuts in there as well. Never to be seen again? I have no idea. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. My what's in the box is uh, Pound for Pound. I showed you a little bit of preview earlier. This is written by nice. Natalie uh, Chavez and drawn by the um, powerful Mr. Andy Belanger. Who is, I uh, better get my mother trucker in the mail pretty soon, number two. But I wanted to showcase this in terms of packaging. So you could, okay. or, you could order this in a hardband, you could order it in a uh, just, you know, standard, like, trade paperback, you know, not hardbound. Or you could get this, they're bigger than golden size printed, but it comes in a slipcase. All six issues. Nice. And the presentation alone, it, it's not like smoke and mirrors, like where you've got such great presentation, but the, the meat and potatoes, are like, you know, it's microwave, you know, like olive court and stuff. No, no not at all. Um, the artwork is amazing. It's because it's independent printing, they can say and do whatever they want, but they don't go over the top. Like, it's not like freaking Al Bundy meets like triple X plus MMA. Um, this does have MMA, but I was just really impressed with how they well they treated their uh, uh, the fan base. Okay. Like they, you get the you get your book and you get all this extra goodies in the mail. Like that's I love that sort of stuff, man. Extra flyers, extra stickers, buttons. Like I'll put them everywhere. Thank you for me giving you my Throwing money. Those extras in there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. Like you know, like when fans go to New Era. Do, do they get to meet their heroes? They do. Yep. They do. Uh, they get their their uh, collector's ticket. Special one of a kind. Yep. You'll never get it again. Like, And uh, just because of the packaging doesn't mean I'm trying to say smoke and mirrors, but like I said, the, like, 
Miss um, Natalie and Mr. Andy Belanger here fully delivered. And uh, I, I just like the ethos of it. And um, I like being taken care of as a consumer or even just a comic book fan. Yep. No, it, it's just good good all around, man. But um, anything that stood out from uh, Dynamite tonight you wanted to talk about? No, no, man. I caught most of it. Freaking, uh, I'm interested. I'm intrigued by the whole William Regal story with him getting knocked out by MJF. Glad you brought that up. That's the only thing. Again, see what they're gonna. There's a million different ways to go about that. Whether, uh, you know, he just sticks with Brian Danielson, or if he tries to get back in with the BCC, or somehow this is yet another swerve, or if, you know, he ends up leaving and going back to. WWE. There's a million different ways they could go about it. And uh, I'll be interested to see what they actually do with it. I'm really excited about this. This is actually the main thing I wanted to talk about was... Because during the entire time that old Maxwell Jacob Friedman is crapping on everyone in AEW, including the fans and back of house, all that good stuff, and reveals one of the ugliest belts I've ever seen. Which... Kind of made me like laugh because remember when um, the last time Daniel, um, well, Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan had his run in uh, WWE, he had that vegan belt. Oh, the other uh, Planets Championship. Yeah, that was that was amazing though. That whole thing was set up beautifully. I didn't say it was Freaking, bad. This this belt was this belt was just ugly. Like, whether it was supposed to be ugly or what, that was, oh, like, none of the, the plates weren't different. All it was was the strap being bourbon, Burberry. Yep. And I was like, this is, this is bad. Well, it was I mean, it's, Yeah. I mean, whether it was supposed to be bad or it was just freaking, you know, it was supposed to be his stuff. and We're just going to take it as, you know, as we take it. So my concern, my concern about the whole thing, is that William Regal didn't say word one during the entire thing. Even when he's mm-hmm. kissing his butt, and even when he's circling him, and he's like, he he had a stern look on his face. Like and, and okay, I noticed that right away. Like like typically, like the guy that you know betrayed Moxley, helping out MJF there. I I I. I I would have expected a smile on his face. Like, yeah, my guy won. I helped him win. But he had this, like, really stoic, unwavering look on his face. Which, Mm -hmm. now, anyone else in wrestling, or maybe a couple other people I can't really think of, but that are higher up, if they were that stoic and stone-cold-faced, I'd be like, what are they doing? But with Regal, everything Regal does is 100% intentional and contrived. Mm-hmm. And why is he so stone cold? Like, like even when, like, MJF was like, I love this guy. He helped me. He still had that look on his face. Like, yeah, I, I don't even know what, I, like, knowing what I know now after, like, you know, MJF knocked him out. But freaking, it wasn't I trust you. It wasn't I like you. It wasn't I'm glad what happened happened. It was just this look of. It wasn't anger. It like, but like I said, you're not gonna have anything accidental from real. 
What do you I think? don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it could have been he knew it was going to come. Maybe, you know, in theory, maybe as a character, he regretted it. Maybe he, you know, he did what he did. But at the end of the day, maybe he wasn't happy with himself for it. You know, we've all we've all done stuff that we, you know, as soon as we did it, we were like, oh, crap, I, that, that was a mistake. And maybe that's what it was. Dan Brown running out was pretty nice, though, man. Like, that was um, his match with, uh, what's his name? I thought that was poetry. It was beautiful. That The opening match was the best match of the entire show. Oh, Dax and uh, yep. Brian Danielson? Yeah, that was great. Oh, that was. It was, it was awesome. It was solid. Like, and that's that's the thing. I think freaking, you know, I think the, uh, maybe that's where the joke is with Regal is that freaking maybe, because Daniel, you know, Brian Danielson was the, uh, the one guy that had his back and that the way they talked last week where Danielson said, you know, brought up his own issues with his father and how, you know, Regal being honest with him was able to help him and his father's relationship. Mm. You know, maybe, maybe that's where they're going with it. Maybe that's where they're headed is that, uh, Regal trying to redeem himself. But like, it's, What do you, you know, they could definitely do it. It's just it seems super quick to turn right around and be like, "Oh, hey, I did this. I was wrong. I'm. I want to redeem myself." And now I'm a good guy that quick. Yeah, I agree. What do you think about MJF uh, referencing uh, trips? That's what he does. It, it's the same thing as dropping a, a swear word to me. Ooh, you shouldn't have said that. Okay, that, that's literally his bread and butter. What he does every match, every freaking promo he cuts. I, I was actually, I was actually completely and utterly underwhelmed by his promo tonight. Where normally I'm really engaged by what he has to say. Okay, you know he's, he constantly goes back for oh the war in 2024. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use this as a bargaining chip. Right. Okay, we've literally heard that for months. Like, you really need some new material. Like, the only thing different you did was when he turned around and knocked out Regal. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, like, MJF doesn't need an association with Regal to get, to get a reaction from the crowd. But, like, the, the whole thing with him and Regal, though, was, it was interesting because it was different. Right. Like, I was super interested to see where they were going to go with it and how the, interaction between you know him and the uh the bcc was gonna go <laughs> but like i'm interested like it's it could possibly be interesting to see what happens if regal tries to turn tail and go back to the bcc after screwing them all over the thing that stuck but, out to uh, me was when he was talking about how sparsely he's gonna wrestle which reminded me of back in the day when me and my buddies couldn't afford the, the pay-per-view, but we were hoping, praying to whatever we believed in, that there'd be a title change on SmackDown mm -hmm. or Raw. And they really did a good job of always making it feel like it was about to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. And um, uh, the way he, he pointed out, like, you know, you're only going to see me on pay-per-views. Like, I'm not going to be doing anything. It's going to be very rare you're going to yeah. see me. And... 
Especially, when's the last, other than the other than the pay per view he just wrestled? When was the last time you saw him wrestle, though? I don't remember. It would have been right after he came back at the pay per view when he won the ticket. He wrestled Wheeler Yuta. He has literally wrestled on TV slash pay per view twice in the last three months. So again, nothing has changed. He barely wrestles anyway. He just comes out and cuts promos. What are you talking about? You telling me I'm wrong as a fan? <laughs> no, I get it, man. I'm, I'm just telling you to. I'm just telling you to look at the obvious. Babe. The obvious. Here's <laughs> That's the, what he does. Here's the literal thing of what's actually happening. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing. It's no. There's no change. There's nothing different. Freaking, he's gonna come out. I mean, dude, the guy can talk. If you've got the gift of gab, freaking. And you can make more money talking than taking bumps. Cool. I just, you know, just you got to figure out how to change what you're saying every week to get people to still care. The only mis- after a while, you keep saying the same thing, freaking people are going to stop caring. That's that's absolutely true. The only missed opportunity I I saw was that rather than pull out the good old brass knucks that. Regal helped him win the uh, match with was he should have given him like a uh, golden diamond and crescent pair of brass knucks that he eventually knocked him out with. Like I wanted it to be decorated. I think I thought that would have been a lot funnier, or at least cool to see some diamond encrusted knucks. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's kind of apropos for Regal to get knocked out with his own weapon. Right. But it'll be, uh, like I said, it's as long as Regal, like as long as it's freaking Regal still, you know, going to stay with AEW and they're going to keep him as an on-air character, you know, then it could get interesting to see what they do with it. I agree. But if you know, if not, then it is what it is. Yeah, they're they're not setting him up with some D-lister, man. It's Brian. It's Daniel Bryan. Like it's gonna be great. Yeah, but like I said, it's gonna be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, though. So far, Danielson's like we don't know what uh, Claudio or Wheeler have to say about anything. Like they haven't said hide nor hair about Regal one way or the other. Right. So it might be something where they freaking bringing Regal back into the BCC could be what actually tears that apart. Well, as long as you're excited, man. That's all that matters is we're just happy to get more. I'm I'm intrigued to see where they're going to go with it because AEW. AEW, they got some good stuff, but a lot of times they let uh, they let some stuff slide and freaking like stories just don't get finished. Right. So as long as they go somewhere with this, awesome. You know, if they drop the ball on this and freaking it's just Regal going back to WB, freaking it's going to suck. Plus we've got, is this the third winter's coming? I think so. Because the first one was when Sting showed up. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. That, that was a good night, man. That was a great night. That was good. It was a good reaction. Freaking Sting's been good ever since. Freaking uh, not bad for a guy whose career was over four years ago. That Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, uh, man. Not bad. Yeah, I mean it is what it is, man. <laughs> Did you watch? Luckily, Raw? luckily they were wrong. 
Uh, yeah. Any good? It was all right. Freaking nothing. Nothing really to write home about. I've got it downloaded. I mean, like, this is post uh, a pay-per-view, and I've got it downloaded. Uh, I was talking to my homegirl the other night, and I was like, all right, so I can either research new up-and-comers on Dark, work on the comic, or watch Raw. She's like, dude, save Raw and SmackDown for, for Saturday. Download that and watch it Saturday, Sunday. Cool. Yeah. Good idea. Dark was great yesterday. I had such a good time watching Dark. Um, nice. A lot of people I didn't, I've never seen before. Um, but the best part about it was it was a bunch of people I've never seen before. Yeah. And, and I, they did a good job. I mean, it was all squash matches. But even then, like, I, I like the litmus test that is Dark and Evolution. Evolution is like the the lower tier and then dark is a higher tier indie. And then if you do well, then you might get a shot because they had a, they had one of the guys from dark of Wisco that premiered today as main roster. What was his name? He was the AR Fox. Yeah. And yeah. He's been dude. That guy's been around forever. Good for like him. He freaking, yeah. He's been busting his hump for, I remember he was, a he was an FIP and evolve and, uh, I think Dragon Gate USA when they had a little thing going on, like he was really a big. De- he he, somebody, he was going to be one of those up and comers, ten fifteen years ago. Well, he did. And for some reason, and he was in a, he was in Lucha Underground. Was he? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the guy that feuded with um. Uh, what was Swerve's gimmick in Lucha Underground? Uh, Kill shot. Yeah. He was uh he was his military buddy Dante Fox. One of my favorite matches of all time because he betrayed him and left him in the grave, <laughs> left him to die, left him to die, left him to die. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, same guy. Awesome. Well, good for him, and and yeah. I'm glad that these things exist. And I was, I remember just reflecting like I've always wanted to be able to produce something violence and awesome and wrestling and thanks to you and mr jeff uh, i get to do that and make it a something in a cohesive storyline get the promos get the intros get all that good stuff and uh by my primary influence of all the wrestling i've ever watched my favorite of all time is lucha underground yeah, I was always more of a wrestling society X guy myself, but no, but each it, their own. Yeah, exactly. But but you, but you get what I'm saying though. You, you get. Nah, I'm just making a joke. No, I, <laughs> it, it was like I, I remember telling my mom like, okay, so it's a wrestling show, but they film it novella style. She's like, over dramatic lighting, acting, like absolutely. So like. My inner Mexican is very pleased with with, uh, with with this. Like it was so novella style. Like I, if I'd have been back home in Hatch, I could have uh, maybe gotten my grandma, who only watches novellas, um, to get to watch this because it was perfect. It was a lot of murder. A lot, a lot of, of murder. murder. A lot of murder. That Dario Cueto man. That guy was a scoundrel. That's true. He was not a good man. He was. He was someone I would not open the door for. <laughs> but he made his money. 
Yes, he did. And he beat his dad to death with that. That like So, one of the things I fought for was that, um, remember that, like, um, the Toro statue he pulled out of his jacket that he beat yeah. his dad to death with? That's the exact same one my dad has. And it's also the exact same one that the Tick used uh, in the original run of the Tick. Really? I don't know what it is with that statue. It's the same size, same same mold. So then pulling it out. Because that was the night they introduced Matanza. Mm-hmm. When he admitted, like, who did he admit, like, killing their, his dad to? Uh, what was the sexy I story? don't remember. It was still good. Anyway, so let's take a quick break because i got to use the restroom real quick and we'll get to some comics. Oh, sounds like a plan. It's a good plan. There we go. Recording. All right, we're back from a quick break, Steve. We're going to talk about some comic books. We've got Nightwing Annual, X-Force 34, X-Men number 17, Yoda number 1, Star Wars Revelations number 1, The Scorch number 12. Good books, man. Yeah, man. Freaking... A lot of good books this week. Freaking, uh, let's start off with X Men Seventeen. Pull that guy or gal up quick. So we got uh, we got Forge inside the vault, which is a basically a time displaced land that moves faster than our reality, and uh, due to that, the uh, the mutants from this reality are super super advanced. And Ford just trying to get back um, this mutant known as Darwin. And uh, the only mutant to really make it out of there alive was Cinch. Because it was him and uh, X-23. X-23 Wolverine, uh, Laura. And we had the last episode issue, we had found out that Laura was, uh, who we thought had died there, was still alive inside the vault. So we start off with a... Uh, Cinch would uh, stayed behind on this mission because he uh, he had some stuff we don't really know too much about happen in the vault, and he gets a message, a psychic message from Gene saying that he needs to get there, and he uh, he runs to help his friends, and we come back and we got a uh, we got Forge inside the actual vaults over the. Uh, I don't want to say I want to call it a casket with Laura in it. But uh, he covers it back up because the mission is not to find Wolverine. The mission is to find Darwin. And, you know, as he covers her back up, Caliban, who is part of his, um, his protective out, his uniform, protective biosphere, I guess. Right. Is like, you know, we're just going to leave her here and, Forge and Forge is like, yeah, we have to, you know, this isn't the mission. We got to go. And Caliban's like, I want you to help her. And he's just, Forge is, you know, basically having a a fight with Caliban where he's just like, you know, she doesn't, you know, you don't exist. You can't tell me what to do. You know, I, I'm using you. You're a tool. And freaking, and he's like, and I'm the craftsman. And then he basically puts, Caliban to sleep. <laughs> Not a good idea. And as yeah, and as soon as he does that, he realizes he's not alone in here, as one of the uh, the children of the vaults had found him. 
And as she's about to, to kill Forge, she uh, she breaks his, his bio spear, and Caliban wakes up because of it. And she's just like, you know, tell me, you know, she's just like, tell me the truth. Tell me what's going, what are you, why are you here? And she's like, you lie and you die. This is, this is how it is. And she's like, did you construct the trap outside for us? And he's like, yes. And she's like, why? And he's like, the alternative was war. And she's like, correct again. You know, what is your ulterior motive? And Ford just looks at her and is like, I wanted to see what happened. See, I wanted to talk to you about that. When it comes to... When it comes to... Engineers, scientists... Forge's mutant power is basically he can invent anything he thinks of. Yeah, he can create anything. He can create anything. Uh, so we've got this... This tete-a-tete here was a wonderful example of truth. Just because his life was on the line really didn't mean anything. But getting to expose the truth. Number one, did you do that? Yes, I did. She already knew the answer. Number two, why? Wanted to see what would happen. I've done... I'm a very well-read individual. And... A lot of scientists and they really just wanted to, they they effed around and found out. And despite the consequences, Oppenheimer is like, he helped create the atomic bomb. He regretted it to the day he died and afterwards. Uh, The the guy that made the Keurig, you know, the, the freaking tea machine or coffee. Yeah. He regrets making it because of the 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 of the uh, the plastic refuge from it, the little K cups, it's it's yeah. astronomical. He he messed around and found out, but here we've got Forge. And what I wanted to bring up with you is what's the difference between Forge being a card carrying X Men that has really never done any wrong, as opposed to Beast, who's on. It, we'll talk about X-Force in a minute, but you know what I'm talking about. This guy's on the cusp of being an evil freaking scientist that doesn't care about what happens. Do Is you, there really much of a difference? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. I mean, if you if you look at the if you look at the suit that we're that Forge is wearing, He's that has basically taken part of another human being. And freaking, he didn't ask permission. No, he took him. He just did it because he needed it. Is there any? Is there really any difference at all? That's why I wanted to talk to you about it. I don't think there is. Is, is it intentional? I think I think Forge is another person willing to do whatever it takes to get whatever he wants. Storm. I think the only reason he actually told this this uh, children of the child of the vault. Was because he knew if he lied, he was dead. He was going to die, yep. You know, freaking... I think for... I, so, I mean, uh, I don't really see there being much difference. You know, Forge kind of feels guilty about it as kind of the issue goes on. But he still did it. Without 
hesitation. Yeah. My 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 true question is intent. Yeah, he he did it to get what he wanted. Same as Beast. They just have different motivations or what they want. I I, I still truly think that that's though? not Beast. What was that? Do they though? Do they though? Uh, it's both still to, in theory, it's still to protect Krakoa. I still think that Beast is not actually Beast, and that's Black Beast from Age of Apocalypse. I Dark think, Beast. Yeah, Dark Beast. I. I truly think that freaking our real beast is somewhere else and that's dark beast because he's had those he's had all of the mannerisms of dark beast from the beginning of Krakoa um Mm -hmm. when when it became the continent and now when we see the you know redacted versions of x-force dossiers what he is he, I, I sense true evil in him. I, I sense Forge being a reckless scientist. Mm-hmm. With just let's just see what we what happens. I mean, like it. it think about his his mutant power. I can create mm-hmm. anything I think of. Yeah, he hasn't done anything to cure cancer or like. He just kind of screws around and has his own little motivations, but he's not actually going for anything that would truly like affect. Technically, anything. the medication they sell, the, they sell would freaking cure cancer, though. Yeah, but Beast. Uh, but technically, he has. Well, Forge didn't create that. Do you know that though? Yeah, because I I remember that from the beginning. Who, create, who created it then? Uh, well, you're correct. It could have been any other scientist there that, but it, but, could, it could have been Forge. It could have been Beast. It could have been, could have been a uh, some other super smart mutant scientist. Well, I'm, you know, Forge, Forge's stuff is always more based on technology, but right. You know, who's to say there wasn't like a uh, a cabal of mutant scientists working on that for months beforehand to create the possibilities. My my question to you though is freaking because I'm assuming I don't remember ever seeing Forge cross the line like he did in this issue, as far as utilizing other mutants without against their will. Never. Can you think of any other? Never, never against their will, but he definitely has no. Wherewithal, or that's not the right word. Uh, he definitely has no uh, concern for uh, the result of his actions. Uh, for example, right. uh, if I rewind to uh, Wolverine number 50, um, um, hey, Forge, uh, where do they refuel the uh, Shield Helicarrier? Oh, it's over uh, uh, this building in Manhattan. What are you going to do? Storm it with your motorcycle? Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Did he warn anyone? Did he care? No. He he flat out told well, tr- True, but on the other hand, though, with, with it being Wolverine, you weren't going to stop him anyway. Yeah, but even then he still told him. Like, like he, he still told yeah. him. Uh, like, uh, uh, this is an interesting conversation. Like, intent. I think the, the question I actually have, though, is... Because I think you can play this off with both Forge and Beast. Please. Is it, is it, 
are they acting this way for themselves? Or is the fact that they finally have a mutant, a legitimate mutant utopia that they are willing to do anything to protect what is causing them to go further than they would have gone otherwise? Well, they definitely don't have to worry about the result of their cons- of, of, of their actions because the, cons- the, the mutants have not truly faced any true consequences when it comes to uh, forging their utopia. They, I, yeah. I, I truly believe that both Beast and Forge feel like anything they do is justified and they don't give a damn. I'll give you that one. What happens? But... There needs to be some responsibility, and I would, I would like to assume that the people that would feel they needed that inherent responsibility would be the, the inherent scientists that can make things happen. But like using mm-hmm. Caliban as, as a shield against his own will, like there's an, there's an evil quality to that. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the thing, though. I think, you know, I don't think so much of these guys are like it's Dark Beast, per se, or that Forge is corrupted, but maybe they are. But I think absolute power corrupts absolutely, and they're not answering to anybody. Correct. Correct. So, uh, and that could be the downfall of both of them. Now, when it comes to the, the story here, when, when he actually encounters Proteus, um, h- how did you react? Like, at first, like, because I've, I've taken multiple uh, psilocybin mushroom trips, and I know the difference between reality and something I'm seeing that looks physical, but I know it's not real. Are you talking about Darwin? Darwin, sorry. Uh, yeah, when he, when he encounters Darwin. Uh, like, in, the, in his own mind, Darwin's got wings. Like, he's bald. He's got uh, a, an amalgamation of classic X-Men uniform with new newer uniform and you know they're in his mind i mean we see banshee flying in this and my point being is that forge knows that what he's saying isn't quite real yeah well that's the thing i mean he woke up he didn't have any of his armor on and he you know darwin's right there you know and the whole thing is that darwin's mutant ability is to adapt to any and all situation. And basically he made himself into like a computer code, basically. Makes perfect sense. But seeing Krakoa, like, uh-huh. like Dorman's version of what he's showing Forge, that we see full Krakoa, um, this, this particular, wait, it switched. Mm-hmm. Like, you see the mountain. Yeah, I'm looking at the same page. Yeah, and I'm hoping that, that it evolves to that. I mean, we've got liquid magma. We've got ice caps. We've got so many other things here. How did you feel about this this uh, discourse here? Because it definitely... I, I really feel like... Um, we talk about the hunt all the time, about like not paying mm-hmm. attention to which one's number one, but... This is, there's so many seeds that are going to germinate. Yeah. And the, this conversation here is, I mean, because we see him like plugged into the same machine too. And 
the the evolution. He he disappears into freaking butterflies. How did you feel nope. about this conversation? I think it's an interesting idea. It's interesting, like the, I mean, it, I said computer code, but he basically turned himself into an idea. And freaking, uh, it's interesting to see where they're going to go with that. You know, he said he's he's not done learning about the vault yet, so he doesn't he doesn't know when he's going to be back or quite frankly, how they plan on doing it. You know, I guess technically they could just revive him, but they wouldn't have all this knowledge. And I could definitely see this being something they come back to later where they're freaking, you know, where Darwin finally has the ability, idea of how to take out the children of the vault because they made it such a thing that these, these people in here are so evolved beyond even mutant them that they will destroy the world within a week if they get out. I'm glad you brought that up. So I guess I can see, I definitely see this being like a big crossover within the next year or two, possibly. I agree. I, I like the fact that the, the possibilities there, but what really got me on the jazz on this issue was that again, um, this is a, a key issue in my opinion. And also the fact that the children of the vault, uh, think about 19, let's say, let's pretend it's 1968. We've got X-Men, we've got Fantastic Four, we've got Spider-Man, we've got the Hulk, we've got Thor, we've got so many different books. And flash forward to 1992. We have more going on in the X-Men universe than the regular Marvel universe. There's a lot of good stuff mm-hmm. going on in the regular Marvel universe, but X-Men has its own universe. And now the X-Men have a meta type thing going on here where they've got even more going on. Like we don't know what sort of like good guys, bad guys if the vault is opened, if they don't decide to destroy, you know, all of Earth, um, what we have in store, like, we, we've got an extra, extra, uh, like, a denominator on that one. And, yeah, and we just basically, barely, literally just scraped the, you know, the, uh, the edge of the iceberg here. And, um, the return of the original Laura, like, I, I cheered. I, I got up, when I was thinking we should use this as the graphic for uh, I cheered because he was hurting so bad when he came back and they brought Laura back and it wasn't the right Laura and he got I've never seen Laura emote like this before like she dove into his arms yeah, and uh, I'm I'm I love that. I'm a big softy when it comes to love stories, and um, I'm looking forward to whatever they do with it. But there's, I really feel like this is an idea that someone came up with, and they don't, they don't know what to do with it. And the best they could do is give it a little forge exploratory little, see what we can do, and we don't know what's inside the vault. Yeah. Would you be well, willing? That's the thing. You know, Darwin's there to find out. 
Would you be willing? Hmm? Would you be willing if you were an X Men? Would you be willing to take on an exploratory expedition into the vault, knowing that you could be trapped there for five minutes that equates to fifty years of your life? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's one of those things that you don't know until you're in that situation. I would, I would absolutely be 100% okay with that. I, I would absolutely be okay with, like, let's... <laughs> I'm not saying I'm suicidal. What I'm saying is I'm willing to see how far my mind can go. Yeah. And where we can take this. And... But this is, we're not talking about freaking uh, regular TV. We're not talking about law and order. We're talking about abstract ideas. Yep. And, and then it all ends up with freaking Caliban and freaking Forge, who is aged, obviously, like flipped to the last page. He's 10 years mm-hmm. older. <laughs> He's 10 years older. He's got he's got yep. gray and white. He's got more wrinkles in his face, and uh, having a little drink ski there with Caliban. And um, I really appreciated this issue. Like this is something I'm going to be treasuring for like for for all time. Like this is one of my favorite issues of the X Men, hands down. Where where they didn't have to kill Magneto or asteroid M's crashing in. No, this was a lot of thought. Like, honestly, we started this 20 minutes and 58 seconds ago. Yep. And we get medical report, and we've got more things to report on in X-Force. Uh, oh! I mean, I, I don't like Abigail Brand. I, I don't... I don't I think you're supposed to. <laughs> I don't trust her. I don't trust her. Uh, I, I like the you're fact... You're definitely not supposed to trust her. No, no, I... She she just seems like this drunk chick that just happens to be working at a high level, and I think that's Sage. But <laughs> <laughs> like we're working with Omega Red here now, man. Like he's part of the team, and mm-hmm. I, I gotta tell you, man, I don't like it. I do not okay. like I do not like watching Omega Red work with people. I want him to murder everybody. He's he's hands down one of my top five X Men villains or just uh, comic book villains or comic book characters of all time. I freaking love Omega yeah. Red. And watching him work with Maverick, get out of here, man! Get the get out of here! You're not gonna how how is he working with Maverick? I I, I don't <laughs> buy it. I don't buy it for a second. And then we get this. Knock down drag out where she's too drunk and passed out for to communicate with Domino. Like, hey, like anyone who reading one, me, that is Sage. Then that is Sage. That's not Abigail Brand. Oh, I'm talking about the. Yeah, you're right. Getting... Abigail Brand's the one with the green hair. Yeah, it's Sage. You are. Correct. Sage is the one. This beast is assistant. Yeah, you're correct. How dare her she how dare she wear a yellow trench coat? Somebody's gotta keep it. 
Yeah. Well, how do you feel about this issue, man? I don't mind it. I, I like the uh, the interplay between the two of them. Because, like, Sage is obviously, she's just got so much going on that she's drinking away her problems. And freaking, you know, she's the one that vouched for Red to be on the team. And, like, he just finds her and he's just like, get up. <laughs> I've looking, he's like, quit wasting my effing time. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, it turns out she's freaking Domino's. Domino's looking for help and she's falling asleep at her post because she's freaking drunk. You know, at the same time, Maverick's in space trying to get these uh, get these pirates freaking under control because they're he's being paid to do so. Yeah, the mercenary. Aspect and he's got he's got them all handled. And you know, takes them to this. And then, lo and behold, looks like our good old friend Hank McCoy, the original Beast is uh, experimenting on these prisoners in this space camp using poisons, spores, nanites, teleflark control serums. And he's like, Koa knows nothing about this. X-Force knows nothing about this. Beast is basically Joseph Mengele. He yeah. doesn't care. Yeah, he is. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it turns out the uh, the guy that Maverick had captured was just set free by somebody and they're going to do what they can to basically set everyone else free in this, in this space prison. Beast. I will tell you, I will tell you though, you are not the only person who uh, is going off on that. This is dark beast. There's been a couple of things on a uh, YouTube that I've watched that also believe it's dark beast. So you are not alone. The last time Dark Beast, um, he was basically like, they he got chopped in half and he had like a spider half body and was helping X-Force. And that's when uh, the story petered out and uh, they started, you know, Krakoa, all that good stuff. Like they, they never showed what happened. They, they, they kind of showed him dying, but I didn't buy it. Like, head cut off doesn't mean dark beast is dead it never has and especially from uh uh from uh, i want to say 10 years ago when they started new x-men when bendis brought like uh when beast decided it'd be a good idea to bring the original x-men back you know into the into the mm-hmm. future and then put them back eventually but um hank mccoy has like, if if you rewind any any of the movies, any of like any of the old school books, Hank McCoy has a humanity to him. Mm-hmm. Like he cares. Like he he's got a soft hand, despite the fact that like he's can grab you and rip you in half at any given moment. He's got a soft hand and he cares. This Hank yeah. McCoy. I mean, like, if it is actually Dark Beast, then knows that the boundaries are limitless. The future, Age of Apocalypse, back, X-Men, everything we're going through, now we're on Krakoa, and we've got all these drugs, all these endless possibilities, you know, death is no longer a factor. Um, Yeah. 
on your opinion, on a scale of 1 to 10, do you, right, are we dealing with real Hank McCoy or are we dealing with Dark Beast? I'm still going with real Hank McCoy just because I think the, uh, maybe he's looking to freaking, he's looking to do whatever he can to protect Kokoa. Or maybe he's finally just, how scary would it be if good old wholesome Hank McCoy succumbed to the dark side? That really scares me. Like the whole the whole joke is that he's actually real Hank the whole time, and like maybe these thoughts have been in his head the entire time. He just held them back and held them back and held them back, and then eventually he just got he let one slide through, and then it just freaking push open the like a dam opening wide and the water coming out. Let's do what we got to do and figure out, like, wow, he's got an entire slave colony he's experimenting on. Like, that's just, that's not Hank to me, man, but I, I see your point. And but what I, if it is? I think that's scary. I think that's a heck of a lot scarier than if it actually is just Dark Beast. Oh, it's a bad guy. That's a, that's a great point. I would, I'm going to pretty be pretty upset if that's actually really Beast. Yeah. Like, my mom loves Beast. I remember when she bought me his action figure. Mm-hmm. I remember he came with the uh, the suction cups and the the uh, uh, he, he, the bar. I remember the one that did the backflip. He came with the bar uh, to do like pull okay. ups, and uh, mom was like, "I nice. love Beast." So I saw him at the store, and, he, and I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> I got a beast actually freaking now. Freaking hell yeah. <laughs> like, like he was great, no. man. He was better than um like uh, a lot of my favorite uh of the uh, action figures were not any of the main guys. Like Professor X coming in the in the actual um the chair. The chair. The chair, man. I remember um and uh just uh for you know, we're coming up in the holidays, uh but freaking um it was my mom always and still makes me and my sister a Easter basket. I'm 40 nice. years old, and my mom still makes me and my sister an Easter basket. She mails Robin her basket, and she always buys us like a, a like a really cool toy. And uh, I I remember, God, it had to have been like 91. No, we had moved to Alaska. It was 92. And mom was like, "Hey, we're hurting real hard for money. I'm not gonna be able to buy you any." Uh, toy for for Easter. And yeah, well, that's fine. I'm like, but uh Easter Sunday came and my Easter basket had Cyclops, Professor X, Jean Grey, Storm, uh a different uh the the, the standard Wolverine. And okay. you know the the blue and the the blue and the 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 uh yellow. And she's like, yeah, I found him at a yard sale the other day. Nice. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I hope it's okay. I'm like, did I care I didn't get to open up blister packs? No! I got, I got them all, man. Yeah. You know, I, like, I, I didn't care. They, they could have been covered in crap out of, like, in mud. Like, I found them on the floor. Uh, yeah, I'm still okay with these. And uh, she still delivered, man. And uh, that was a that was a good time, man. Um, Budgeting, nice, nice. Budget in for freaking uh, Christmas, and uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a trip from being a kid when you're worried about five bucks as opposed to like four hundred. Yeah. And um, 
what matters. I mean, like if... Are you going to care if I find you a giant size that has a little water damage? No. It's yours. I'll find it. If I find it, like, I know you'd appreciate it. And, uh, point of that is just appreciate what you got, because we don't all have a dark beast. <laughs> this is true. Sorry I said black I think you have an evil, Hank, an evil Hank McCoy. I just don't trust it, man. I just, like, everything is, like, you know, when you're you're doing, like, in your shoot job, how quickly do you know when someone's lying to you? Pretty quick for the most part. And almost immediately. Yeah. That's how I feel about this when it comes to Beast. All, all of my, all of my friggin', like, Back, Yoshi senses the hair in the back of my neck, freaking yeah, it's it's just not computing. But uh, appreciate the conversation on that. It was a lot, but um, no. I, I want to. So what do you got? I want real quick. I want to talk about some Star Wars stuff here. Um, the issue of Yoda. We've got Yoda number one, and uh, we, we land on the planet of. Uh, Dagobah. Araco. I wish. And he's reflecting. He's reflecting on some uh, trinkets he had gotten from earlier. So we're talking Dagobah, like, uh, what what's going on in Star Wars right now is post-New Hope, pre-Empire. <coughs> Empire Strikes Back. Damn, I got that guts. And, um, this planet is on the outer rim. It's called Turak. And there's a crash, uh, pretty much a slave one. And one of the natives is, like, insistent that he can get all these crazy buttons and lights to work. And, uh, his village is raided by these, uh, just pillagers. You know, you've got what we want and we're coming for it. And, uh, him mm -hmm. and his family are in dire straits, and he had figured out how to get the comm, the comm units working just from playing with wires. And like, hey, I'm on this planet. We need help. And the Jedi Council is like, hey, we've got a distress signal from here. And uh, what do we do? And it's one of my biggest gripes about this is the, the Jedi Council is a bunch of elitist assholes, too. And freaking, well, we'll send somebody. And Yoda's like, nah, I'll go. And like, Master Yoda, you can't go. You need to be here. And he's like, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> F all you guys. I'm leaving. And he goes and he shows up in the midst of this battle. Like, like basically it was like a, a rival tribe is taking the resources from another one. And the younglings uh, figured out... Uh, electronic way to summon some help and this book is Yoda owning all of these awful people trying to pillage and rape and uh, like you don't belong here and he's like no I, I live here now and uh, it ends with him liberating them saving them saving the children saving everybody 
Uh, the only gripe I had was the the Yoda backwards talk because it's it's so gimmicky to me. I'm like I don't like it, man. You know, there's only yeah, so it's... much, only so much backwards Yoda talk. But um, I felt you... the same way with Bizarro. Yeah, is is it? It's only so much you can take. Yeah, exactly. But um, he the the story is him just. Uh, I live here now. Screw the. Jedi Council, and uh, I'm here to protect you, and, like, what food you got? Oh, what is this? It's delicious. I've never had this before. Um, the exploratory aspect of it is awesome, which makes me happy. Just, like, someone that decided, like, what we're doing is BS, and I'm gonna go do something that I believe in. Seeing Yoda do that uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, the nice. other, The other book was... Um, Star Wars Revelations, so issue number one. Basically, all, I told you this earlier, uh, all of the like main story arcs have ended. Uh, Dog Aphra, a lot of other things. And basically, it just mm-hmm. re- recaps everything and wraps up in a nice little package and then shows you where all the other books are going to go. Uh, we've got uh, the idea of the, the first sentient AI that felt he had a soul and we've got Doc, Doc Afra, who has now been granted Sith-like powers there's so many um mentioned this earlier like I said like I think every comic book should be like hey last issue this happened or just some sort of like here's what you missed and that's what this book is like here's what nice. you missed or if you were Here's what justified your you paying attention, and this is where we're going now. It, it's it's the uh, the alpha point of where all the the stories are going, and the artwork's great. And one of the best parts about it is that they gave a bunch of different like D-lister uh, artists a chance to illustrate these things. Why not? Okay. Why not? Like, okay, all y'all that are writing these Star Wars books, uh, write a five-page story, and we're going to give it to some newbie, some greenie, and um, you're going to keep doing what you're doing, keep the story going, but, like, this one book is going to, like, help people that have tuned out for a while or just starting. Um I really believe that all all of the things that we do, whether wrestling or comic books um, or the hunt, really needs to be prefaced with, like, here's what you missed. Just because you miss it doesn't mean that you're not a part of it or can't be a part of it. And here's a quick little uh, get you caught up and enjoy. Yeah. Like, 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 uh, I'm, you mentioned the FOMO thing is a bad thing. Oh yeah, not fear of missing out, pain in the butt. Pain in the butt, and then like, uh, like, how many times have you tried to do something and like you just were? They looked at you like you know, like oh, you don't know what we're doing. You're not worthy of this. You haven't read this. You haven't read that. You haven't watched this. You didn't play Star Wars. Like, like, and Star Wars is one of the worst ones of all of them. Is like. Oh, did you did you watch every one of them in the theater when they came out? I wasn't born yet. Correct. That's not fair. <laughs> but, 
Like, give us a recap. Like, there's no reason why this should be a closed community. Like, here's a recap. Wow. Enjoy. Um, Yoda stores uh, the Scorch. Uh, uh, Scorch, uh, man. It's difficult for me on this one because you know how much it'll spawn. But they brought back the curse and they are coming back on a some old school stories. They, they've given us the um, background, actual origin stories of, of the curse. And we, as a young boy poked his eyes out to prove his love of God. And um, Medieval Spawn shows up with a freaking dragon. It's awesome. It's over what it's like. Like Fang Foom? Yes. Or like Correct. Savage Dragon. Oh no, no, no. Ping Fang Foom giant one. Giant. Wow. Like okay. like like they're really doing themselves, but at the same time, they are wrapping up and putting into packages a lot of the spawn stories that once you finish this, you realize that you're you don't really have any other ideas, right? <laughs> like um, anytime you ever try to go out of this, um, it hasn't really gone too well, like with Mamone and, eh, not to get too far into that, but, um, and of course, uh, I've really been enjoying Simon's Gate from Dynamite. Um, the digital art is gorgeous. I still hate the, the way they present the dialogue, but we've got vampires, we've got, uh, sexy women. And, uh, digital art, not too much to go from that. It's not a freaking interview with a vampire, but it's got my attention. Gotcha. But that's what I got, man. Uh, we got... Dang, we got all that knocked out. It's only, uh, freaking 11.30. But, uh... Nice. We got the hunt coming up on Saturday. We got to go hit the ATM. We're going to get the Raising Canes. We got to find yeah, a... Always bring cash. Any Comic-Con you go to, always bring cash. Correct. Because you never know what you're going to find and what someone wants to... Oh, by the way, I got you a Christmas present, but it's not as good as the... What, are, X-Men 27? <laughs> that was pretty good. I'll give you that. What the hell did it? What the hell did now it? Now we got X Men twenty eight to go with it. Oh, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, twenty eight. Uh, this one's so. off. Just gonna slowly start working my way, see what other issues I can find. I'm not gonna try to get like a one or anything, but at least not yet. I'll lie on the sand for you, uh, Your Honor. Yo, listen, dog. Uh, in the night in question, me and Tony Morales were. Uh, we were. Uh, Doing charity work for you know we're, one of them loser we're countries. Kings. Yeah, yeah. That, that's not him on camera stealing an issue number one, and definitely not me driving away. <laughs> wow, they're gonna see that stupid OU license plate, and we're gonna be hosed. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I lived in Texas for four years. It's, it's, hey, second it's, not, it's, it's not your fault, man. We got our asses kicked. All right, one more. Uh, by the oh. freaking Red Raiders. Uh, Ooh. Uh, Ooh. That hurts. It, dude, uh, like last month, I had a uh, customer, and uh, she's like, yeah, I'm in Lubbock, and 
And she was talking about, she got on a tangent about football, and I'm like, well, just so you know, I graduated from the University of Oklahoma, and she's like, you're a Sooner? And I'm like, yeah, if you want me to transfer you to someone else, that's fine. She's like, no, I, I like talking to you, but what the hell happened to you guys? <laughs> just, <laughs> and I was like, ma'am, I can't answer that, but that's not fair. And she's like, no, you guys suck. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and I was like, she's like, it's a valid question. It, it was a total valid question. And she's like, well, you were like, and I told her about uh, you and I going to Square Circle Pro, and she's like, oh, I know that place. And uh, and uh, she's like, well, I don't tell you, but we're probably going to beat you this year. And I'm like, call me. Here's my number. Call me if you want to brag. And I'm watching this and uh, watching the game on Twitter. phone goes Center. off. Yeah, I wish I had, man. Freaking. I, I uh, watched all of Wednesday. Uh, in one fell swoop, like Robin and Dad put that on, and I was like, "Yep, tuning out." Watch Wednesday, which, by the way, justified my existence. I'm gonna put that on the list. Why is that, dude? It was a goth fairy tale. Oh, Wednesday the show, not Wednesday the day. Gotcha. She was. You gotta specify. She was absolutely someone I would immediately. Uh, Luis Guzman played freaking Gomez, man. Like he was mm-hmm. the sleazy Mexican that we love. I'm Mexican, and I love the fact that I was like for the. I realized for the first time, um, I'm watching a brown family being a brown family and being awesome goth, and I didn't have to put any makeup on to be part of this. <laughs> like, like I'm. This is my people. And uh, for all you people that have watched it, if you didn't understand or realize who the bad guy was by the middle of episode two, your your imagination is dead and weren't paying attention during the never-ending story because your imagination is dead. And it was awesome. It was funny. It was sweet. Like, all these different things, man. Fred Armisen played Uncle Fester. Um... There were so many different things that made me so happy because that was how I was when I was a kid. And I would have married Wednesday the, the, the second I met her. But, is it my turn or your turn? Uh, I think I did it last time. I think it's your turn. My turn. Guys, this is Minefields. This is your 160. Mr. Colin is working hard on sets with his old lady. Tony Morales and I are doing our best. We're killing it. New Era. December 10th. $15. Put your butt in that seat. It's the best of the best, guys. Enjoy. It'll be great. Yes. I am not wrestling. (laughs) That is for sure. Well, not this time. Might happen again. The next time you wrestle, the next time you wrestle, I am definitely not going to. I just finished recording, finished the promo. Let me see what's going on out there on the stage because uh, we got a green filming, and uh, I shove a camera in your face, and next thing I know, I get on film, you destroying your knee. <laughs> I feel Pretty so much. I feel so bad about that, man. Like like that. You had done- you legitimately had nothing to do with it, man. Freaking it is what it is. I know, but I was still like... <laughs> the old man apparently still has hops that we didn't know he had. 
That's really what it comes down to. Oh, that proof. <laughs> uh, you've got the hops, man. You're gonna, you're always gonna have the hops. But freaking, like, I just felt bad because I saw it. I was like, oh, that looked like it hurt. And then I still got a camera in your face. And then, uh, and then I got the the ten four on the uh, the walkie talkie. Get back here. I'm ready to film. And freaking, I I just can't believe I just. Anyway, guys, this is dangerous. It's the minefields. Buy the comics, buy the shirts, go to your local, support all your awesome people, man, and uh, lug and hug, uh, all, hug and love all the people you love. Because I'm gonna give you a bag hug it and board it. Support your local nerds. Friggin', come on out and hang out. Friggin', if you have to be in Colorado Springs, come over, see us at Chapel Hills all this weekend. Friggin', buy us some books. Buy we'll books. buy you some books. We probably won't buy you some books, but buy some books. If anything, we can be. We can have some fun. Go to Raising Cane's, get some extra sauce and dip it. But freaking, this is just this don't is, leave it in your car. It's horrible. Yeah, that was my fault, man. I told you I wouldn't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that just was, it out that there. was awful. You weren't kidding. We go back in your car like, whoa. Um, this is dangerous. This is the minefields. This transmission is over.